Today is Mother's Day, and every Mother's Day I think of a woman that can really share with us, the congregation, and I really honestly can't think of a better person to share this uh, afternoon with us than Pastor Leslie Fowley. She's actually the superintendent of our Christian school here. She's a godly woman. I, I appreciate her so much. She's the real genuine, real genuine Christian, and she's also a person who has exemplified what she's going to speak about today. I want you to give it up for uh, Pastor Leslie as she comes and ministers the word. Let's just welcome her today. Well, good morning. So uh, I have to just share something that has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about, and this, this is um, the third time I'm sharing this, but it just, there's a reason God wants me to do this. So like when I saw that video with those two guys, it kind of brought back into my memory of the first time I brought my sons to a certain playground. They were two and they were four, and they had that, like, ride, and you put your kids on it, and you, like, spin it, and they go around and around, right? And I'm like, I am going to introduce my two-year-old, my four-year-old to the most amazing ride. And so I put them on this thing, and I do the biggest push, and they go, I forgot to tell them to hold on. And so I see my two boys go out there, and I'm like, so I just want you all to know, mothers, we're not perfect. Sometimes our kids fly off. My kids are a little weird. I know why. They don't remember what happened. But that's okay. So anyway, so uh, for Mother's Day, I know that the protocol is to usually give a, a specific message to mothers. Um, but because I am a mother, I start thinking about what, what is it that I want my children to hear and to know. And so one of the most important things to me is that I want my children to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the other thing as a mother that's really important to me is that they have the joy of the Lord. So this morning, this message is for you mothers, but it's also for the dads. It's also for the sons and the daughters and the visitors and, and anyone else that is nurtured by some woman in your life. Because it's about the joy of the Lord and we all need it. Amen? Amen. Okay, so first I want to make sure that we understand that there's a difference between joy and being happy. So here's a being happy. You're at the mall. It's packed. You're looking for a parking spot. You're driving around, driving around, and all of a sudden, you see somebody pulling out of the spot in the first car. You're happy. You're happy. You drive a little faster. Your happiness scale is going up. You're almost there. They pull out, and somebody pulls in. You are not happy anymore, are you? There went your happy. Okay. Another example, I, um, I do not hide that I love cupcakes. There is a place called the Sugar Shop around the corner. You can get one cupcake there. They put it in this cute little box, right? So if you tell me that you're going to buy me a cupcake from the Sugar Shop, I'm happy. I haven't even had that cupcake yet, and I am happy. And when I get that box and I see that cupcake, on a scale of 1 to 10 of happy, I'm a 10. And when I eat that cupcake, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 20. I am happy. But when I get done with that cupcake, literally less than 10 minutes later, I'm not happy about that cupcake anymore. In fact, the only thing that's going to make me happy is if you tell me I can have another cupcake. But otherwise, my happy scale is gone. So that's happy. But joy, joy is different. Joy is there no matter what the circumstances are. 
It's not based on a happening. It's not based on an event. It's not affected by whether you got the spot or you didn't. It's not affected about whether I got the cupcake or I didn't. It's an enduring sense of well-being, contentment, and joy, whatever other words you want to put with joy. And then there is the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is not the same as the joy that we feel in the world. Because the joy in the world of, of, the, of the world can be sometimes misguided, misplaced, and sometimes it's filled with lies. But the joy of the Lord, it's different. It's something that's different. Comes from a different place, comes from a different experience, and it comes to believers as part of our DNA. It comes to believers as part of our DNA. So now I'm going to talk about DNA. So what is DNA? I don't really know what DNA is. I really don't know what DNA is. I just know we all have it. You got it. I got it. And I asked our science teacher at the school, give me just, like, first she said what it, what it stood for. I, I know you know what it stands for. Um, I couldn't even remember how to pronounce it. But I know that it carries our genes. So whatever those are that you receive, those genes and that DNA from your mother and your father, those are in you and they're not going anywhere. They are part of who you are and there's nothing you can do about it. So when you're born, I have green eyes. There was nothing I could do about being born with green eyes. It's in my DNA, it's in my genes, and when I die, I have green eyes, just like when I was born I have them. I have big hands. I was born with big hands. It's someplace in my DNA, and it's not changing. Now, we can alter the way we look, but it still doesn't change our DNA. You're born a brunette, you can bleach all you want to. The color coming out is brunette. Or gray, change it, whatever, but anyway. But it stays whatever is in there. Now, it also affects our temperament and our intelligence. So you could be born with 120 IQ. You also could be born with something like perfect pitch. And you can do with these uh, genetic traits as you wish to a certain extent. So, for example, if you're really tall, you're six foot nine, you could play a lot of basketball and you can end up playing for the NBA, right? If, you, um, if you're really intelligent, you've got that 120 IQ, you could decide you're going to be an astrophysicist and save the world. I don't know what an astrophysicist is. I just figured they do something like save the world. Obviously, I do not have an IQ of 120. But anyway, so you could have an IQ of 120 and be an astrophysicist and save the world, or you could really like video games and decide to live in your parents' basement for the rest of your life and play video games. But you still have the same IQ because it's in your DNA. It's in there. But what happens is we take on a new life when we accept Jesus Christ. So I want to read just a little story. It comes from John 3, and it's about a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. And a lot of you know this story. He was a religious leader. He followed all the laws. And he saw Jesus 
doing signs and wonders. And so at night, he went to him, and he wanted to ask him some questions about this power that he had. And in the middle of the conversation, Jesus says this. He says, no one can see the kingdom of heaven without being born again. He wants to make sure that no matter what Nicodemus thinks, that he knows no one can see the kingdom of heaven without being born again. And of course, Nicodemus questions and he says, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And then Jesus answers, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Three times, you must be born again. So the first time we're born, okay, so, so for, for the sake of, of me getting through this, when I'm over here, I'm, I'm the old me. I'm the, the flesh DNA, okay? So the flesh DNA, I bore fruit, and I gave birth to two wonderful sons, and I have grandchildren. He's got three daughters, two granddaughters, and female dogs. I have two sons, three grandsons, and a male dog. I know what I'm waiting for. Someone's getting pink nail polish. Just, so that is, that is the flesh that was in my DNA. But, but, the word of God says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that means that he died on the cross for your sins. His blood was shed for your sins. You believe it and you confess with your mouth it says you will be saved. And that is that born again experience. That's when that happens. So if you have said, Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you are my Lord and Savior. I confess it with my mouth. This is what happens. I'll make it a little louder. I'll do it again. In that second, the Spirit of God comes inside of you. Literally, in that instant, he comes inside of you. You didn't have to pray enough. You didn't have to read enough. You didn't have to help widows. You didn't have to feed orphans. You didn't have to do any of that. It was simply the blood of Jesus and your acceptance of what he did, repentance, and whoosh, you are now born again. You are now born again. Over there was the flesh. Now it's the spirit. So if the person over here has a specific DNA that cannot be changed, now you are born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, I got my exercise today. The old is gone, and behold, the new has come. So this new me has different DNA from the old one. This new me has different DNA. The question is, what's that DNA? What's in that DNA? Well, 
The word of God is clear about the fruit of the spirit. You got that? That's the spirit of God inside of you. I said when I was over there, I had fruit. But the fruit was my sons. I've had other fruit in my life, okay? I go to work and I do my job. The fruit of my labor is a paycheck. You're nice to somebody, maybe years later, the fruit of that being nice is they send you a gift. There's fruit from everything we do. Some of it is from through our DNA. My sons look like me. They don't even look like their dad. They have the fruit of my DNA. But when I'm over here, and it is the spirit of God who is now my father, and I have given birth to this new creature, I'm not supposed to look anything like that. Now, when I say that, and I mean Obviously, on the outside, I look the same. Although, if you knew me the day before I got saved, which was about 40 years ago, if you knew me back then versus what I looked like the next day, I really didn't. There was a something different even about my countenance. Yes, I had the same eyes. Yes, I had the big hands. Oh, yes, and I had the big feet. I know now you're all looking at my feet. See how big my feet are? They are huge. But anyway, that didn't change. But I didn't even know what the term born again was, and I knew that I was a new creation. And so now we read in Galatians, and it says, the fruit of the Spirit, right? There's the Spirit inside of you. Here's the new creation. Here's the new person with the new DNA. It says, I'm not that one. I'm here over here. I'm a different person. And it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit. That is now your DNA, and there's nothing you can do about it. There was nothing I could do about the color of my eyes. There was nothing I could do about having big feet, and if I could have, I would have. But there was nothing I could do, and you know what? Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But when it comes to the Spirit of God, it's all good. It's all good. It comes from God the Father. He only wants good stuff for us. Only wants good suffering. Doesn't mean we do not go through trials. In James, it says, count it all joy when you have various trials and tribulations. So if you thought or if you think that coming to Jesus is all rainbows and unicorns, you're wrong. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. The only place where there's no trials, there's no tribulations, there's no tears, there's no sadness, there's no sickness, there's only one place, and that's heaven. So when we're here... We're going to go through it. But it still says, count it all joy. Not saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, for making me sick. No, 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 no. It is the devil who comes. These are not my words. This is in the Bible. Satan comes to steal, to rob, and to destroy. That's his job. And you know what? For some of you, he's doing a good job. He came to steal, to rob, and to destroy. What's it? He's trying to steal things from you. He's trying to rob him. And whatever he leaves, he tries to destroy it. That's what he wants to do. And I know that some people disagree with me on this, but I'm just telling you, if the word of God says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, if it is in my DNA, the devil can't steal it. Can't steal my eye color. He can't steal my joy. Now, I might let him play with it. And by the way, I'm only talking about that one fruit, but you could, you could study forever each fruit. And if you understand it's part of you, you can begin to walk in it. 
we're not walking in joy because we think we don't have it because the devil has stolen it, stolen it our circumstances, things that happen in our lives. Listen, some of you are not walking in joy because you're just miserable. You're just, it's February and it's 30 degrees. And you're like, it's so cold. Why is it so cold? It's New York. It's February. It's 30 degrees. Like, what were you thinking? And then the same one, listen, not that you guys are bad, then this is the flesh and it's beyond just walking back and forth. But some of you, it's like, why is it so cold? And then like six months later, it's August. Oh my goodness, it's so hot. I can't stand this. When's the cold weather coming? Same people. Sometimes we walk in miserableness. I don't even know if that's a word. We walk in like, we just, we're, we're grumblers and complainers. Can you believe they didn't have baby carrots and now I got to cut up my own carrots? Like, what kind of life is that? Right? We get like, we're, we become grumbles. We gossip. We, we, like, everything annoys us. And so we're not walking. We're forgetting. We're forgetting that this is in us. We don't have to wait for an experience to give us joy. It's already there. We just have to access it. So if you're like the person who's born with perfect pitch, you can sing beautifully, but you don't sing any place except the shower. You've got it in your DNA, but you're not accessing it. And that's what we do. We've got it. It's there, but we don't access it. We make excuses. You know my husband. You know my husband. You only knew my husband. You would understand why I don't have any joy. You try and live with my husband. You try that. He's miserable. He's making me miserable. So we think of excuses. You don't understand the pain I'm in. You're, you know what? You may be right, but maybe I've had pain. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change what's in your DNA. The pain doesn't change it. Your spouse doesn't change it. Your kids don't change it. Your job doesn't change it. Your financial situation, your lack doesn't. Nothing changes that that's in your DNA. So you can let him play around with it and tell you you can't possibly have joy based on your circumstances. Or today, you can see yourself for who God says you are. Now, let me just say, if you are in this room and you have never... Ask Jesus to come into your heart. You do not believe that Jesus rose from, you, from the dead. And you can say, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm born again. Before you leave, there will be some people up here. Please talk to them. They will explain it to you. But for those of you who have said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and you are marginalizing your life, you're just kind of getting by. The joy of the Lord my heart is pounding in my chest right now. There are times when I walk around in euphoria because of the joy of the Lord. I feel bad for the people that work with me. We have devotions in the morning, and I'm like, go team, go! My husband's not here. I was very good to him. But when, when I wake up in the morning, the first year of our lives, that poor man, he's like, Ugh. I, I can't talk for the first, like, 15 minutes. Could you stop being so happy? You're too loud. Well, I'm, like, full of, I'm, I'm, it's me. It's, well, it's not me. It's the joy of the Lord. It's in my DNA. It's not going anywhere. 
So I'm going to read some scriptures because it's the word of God. It is the word of God that can reveal things to us that our natural minds cannot. You know, we, we do things by faith. We take things by faith. Okay, so I want to I wanna make sure everybody understands that when that whoosh, happened and the Holy Spirit entered into us and we became born again, one of the parts of our DNA is that we now can do the supernatural. The supernatural. That's scaring some people in this room. I understand that. What is she saying? Well, let me just say, if you accepted Jesus as your Savior and you have never seen him face to face, you've already accepted something that's supernatural. If you believe that there was a virgin who gave birth to a baby, then when I say that we have the supernatural in us, it's not that far-fetched. But his word says you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The word says that if you are going through the worst of the worst of the worst, if you by prayer and petition make your request known, there will be a peace that passes all understanding. In other words, people will look at you like, how do you have that peace when you're going through this? Because it's supernatural. The word of God calls us more than conquerors. More like, think about a, con a conqueror gets it all, right? They get it all. They get it all. How can you be more than a conqueror? You just got it all. Like what? It's a supernatural, supernatural state of being. And we all have it. We all have it. We just don't access it. But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So his DNA, his genetics are in us when we were born again and accepting him as our savior. So now I'm going to read some scriptures from somewhere. Okay, I don't usually do notes. I'm, I'm learning here. Here we go. First one. Not the first one because we didn't talk about it. Here we go. Okay. Psalm 47.1. Clap your hands, all nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. So, you have to do something. It's not, it's not like you wake up in the morning and you go like this. That's not how the joy is coming. It's already there. You don't have to do any work to have it to be there. But you do have to access it. So I, I like to give this example of, uh, like nowadays, there's like multi-multi-millionaires because of apps on phones, right? Like all of a sudden, there's like hundreds and thousands of millionaires because they create an app and everybody wants to buy it. So I, I made up this story of like, there's this guy, and he never married, and he created an app, and now he's worth $500 million, which is, which is extremely com uh, common. So he's worth $500 million, and he has a nephew. And he leaves, in his will, he's left everything to his nephew, and he's already set up a trust fund for his nephew with his nephew's name in it. And the guy dies in a car accident. So when the guy dies in a car accident, guess who gets all his money? His nephew, because that's who he left it to, and that's who his trust fund is made out to. Okay? So his nephew is getting these emails. And he thinks it's like one of those ones from Africa where they tell you, like, you just won $50 million. So he keeps trashing it. He keeps trashing it. So what's happening is he literally has $500 million sitting there in a trust fund with his name on it, and he doesn't know it. 
and he's living paycheck to paycheck. That's how we are. We are like living like we're in poverty we're in our spirit, in our countenance when we're around people. Who wants Jesus if you're miserable? I don't want what you have. I don't. There's a ripple effect. Moms, this one's for you. You want to change the lives of your family and the people around you? If you have the joy of the Lord, they're going to know that they're going to want the, the, the true joy of the Lord. And I know this firsthand. People want it. People want it. People want it. They only know happy. They don't, they don't, they don't know that euphoric, deep, and abiding joy. And you can only get it. can only get it from the Lord. And by the way, when I say you have to do something, you know, if you, if you only eat fast food, don't wonder why you're not strong. Okay, if you're eating junk food all the time, well, you, you have to spend time in his word. You have to spend time in his presence. It doesn't have to be, listen, it would be great if you all could uh, give an hour a day to the Lord. Some of you could, by the way. We don't really have to be on Facebook for two hours a day. Not that I personally would ever be on Facebook or Pinterest for two hours a day, but 10 minutes. However long you're doing it, do it 10 minutes more. See the difference. See the change. You got to do something. You got to do something. So clap your hands. You got to shout out. In Psalms, it says, if you don't know what to say, open your mouth and I will fill it. You want joy? Start praising the Lord. Rejoice in him always. Again, I'll say rejoice. He says it because we don't get it. Why do you say it twice? You said it first time. Why do you have to say it again? Because we don't get it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just because it's Mother's Day and someone's going to take you out to eat. Rejoice tomorrow. Rejoice, rejoice when some circumstance gets thrown at you that's more horrible than you ever thought could ever happen. Doesn't mean we don't have grief in our life. Doesn't mean we don't have... But there's that underlying thing in our DNA that keeps that joy at a level that doesn't make sense. First Peter 1.8.9, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And inexpressible, you are filled. It says, when you believe. So here we go. I just, I believe. I'm born again. And so it's not even like I have a choice. It's in my DNA that somewhere in my day is an inexpressible and glorious joy. You know Jesus? It's in there. Some of you, it's buried a little deep, but it's there. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of you are you're just tired. Some of you have a reason to be tired. Life has been tough. But you're not accessing it. you got to do something. So the joy of the Lord, how does that start coming up? You know, this, I, I didn't say this in, in, in the last couple of services, but, you know, I, I teach psychology. And there's, like, different, different orders of when you realize that you have joy or happiness. You know, if you just start smiling like this, you don't have anything to be happy about. You start smiling, your brain thinks you're happy. That's a fact. That's a fact, okay? So, you don't know what to say. Life is terrible. Rejoice in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my, thank you for my DNA. Thank you for the joy that's in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That will become your strength. John 16, 22. Now he is talking to his disciples. He is about to go to the cross and be tortured. And he says, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. And you will rejoice and listen to this. And no one will take away your joy. No one will. And you, you're like, I, I, all of a sudden, literally, I just got revelation knowledge. Because it says, and no one will take away your joy. Just for the record, they all get tortured too. They don't know it yet. But they all get, you know, like, they, I think they say Peter uh, was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus. And what he's saying is, oh, by the way, and when you're in the middle of being crucified, your joy still can't be taken from you. Okay, that just came. When you're in the middle of being crucified and tortured, they still can't take your joy from you. Romans 14, 7, for the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not your joy. It's not like I'm over here. Okay, uh, my list. I want green eyes, big feet. Um, oh, yeah, this is what I want. No in your genetics. It's already there. So when you're over here, the fruit of the spirit that is in you is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. John 16, 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Just ask. Lord Jesus, I'm going through a rough time. It's a, I'm having a rough time. And a peace and a joy that doesn't make sense floods you. So two more. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I don't know what day and what was going on when that was said. But the disciples went through some pretty rough stuff. This is the day the Lord has made. I would, it, it's, if you're a mother and you're sitting with your child today, no matter how annoying they are, Okay, it's probably no annoying children in this place right now. It's probably only a little bit. No. So, today's a probably, you probably don't have to cook today. And by the way, if, if you're here with your mother and they have to cook, figure out something so they don't have to cook. But anyway, so today it's easy to say, this is the day the Lord has made of, but how about tomorrow morning? How about Monday morning? How about Tuesday? Tuesday's a rough day for some people because you still got like, I don't know how many days till you're, till you're off. Okay, but maybe today you got like you got something rough going. What, it doesn't matter. This is the day. Tomorrow will be the day the Lord has made and you'll rejoice. Friday will be the day. If it's pouring rain and you got to do something outside, that's still the day the Lord has made and we're supposed to rejoice. One more scripture. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Okay, so this is ibuprofen. This is, I don't know if that's what it is. This is Motrin. Is that, is my, yeah, okay, ibuprofen. So, um, first of all, I have compassion on people who have migraines. I am um, very thankful I do not have migraines. I maybe get a headache once a year, but I want to be honest. When I get a headache, especially if I'm at work, I take whatever this is or whatever anybody has. And you know what? It takes the pain away. I don't even know how it works. 
I like to say that I get on my hands and knees and I say, thank you, Jesus, for taking my headache away. And sometimes I do if I'm home and I have time. But if I'm at work, it's like, just give me whatever you can. <gasps> get rid of this pain. And this medicine takes away the pain. A joyful heart is good medicine. See, some of you are walking around. And it says a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Some of you are walking around with a crushed spirit. You got a crushed spirit. Some of you, by the way, you're not all miserable. I'm not saying that all of you in here are miserable and life is horrible. By the way, I, I, I use this illustration. The world says you're born, you pay taxes, life is terrible, and then you die. Right? You're born, you pay taxes, life is miserable, and then you die. And Christians go, you're born, you get born again, you pay taxes, life is miserable, and then you go to heaven. He says, I came to bring you life and that more abundantly. That life is like, whew, you got born again. Between now and heaven, there's part of the abundant life. It's not meant to be a miserable existence. It's meant to be an existence filled to overflowing with joy, even in the midst of trials and tribulations. So you have a crushed spirit. It's the joyful heart. That acts like a medicine. You want your pain to be gone? Start praising him. Start rejoicing in him. So, people know me. I know you were waiting for a costume. Some of you, you may not recognize me from last year because I have that lovely wig on. But I made something. Because I like to leave some kind of visual behind so that you remember what the Lord had for us today. In Isaiah 61... There's a line that says, the garment of praise. There is a garment of praise. Remember what I said, you still have to do something. So if there's, what do you do with a garment? You put it on. You put it on. So I'm going to ask you all to put on a garment of praise. Oh, wait, wait. Worship team, I keep forgetting. Worship. La, la. See, if I start singing, they're going to rush out. La, 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 la. Wah, 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 wah. Jesus, name above. Okay, here we go. So, I made a garment of praise. Okay, I'm going to be dancing. I'm getting I made a garment of praise. Tomorrow morning. This is my garment of praise that I am putting on. Right? And I got a little. Stand up. It is time to put on the garment of praise. It is time to break through and recognize that in your DNA, you didn't even ask for it. You don't even have a choice. In your DNA, in your genetic gene, I don't even know what that is, is absolutely joy, the joy of the Lord, enduring 
everlasting. I know, listen, I wish I had made one of these for all of you. If I had thought about it, I would have. It would have been like a choir. So this morning, we are going to worship, praise the Lord. We're going to worship him, but we're going to praise him. Because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Amen. This is that joy always follows obedience. Always in the scripture, if you notice, the Bible tells us that's, that Paul and Silas were in prison. That's a bad place to be. But they were obedient. As the Bible said, they put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And they said, this is the day that the Lord made, and they will rejoice. Because rejoicing in the Lord is a commandment of the Lord. It's not an option. It's a commandment of the Lord. And when we rejoice in the Lord, the joy comes out. There's a seed of joy on the inside, and the joy comes out. Joy always follows obedience. And so maybe there's a relationship in your life that is broken. Maybe there's somebody that you're angry at. If you take it to the foot of the cross and you leave it there, the joy will come. God has given you joy. And the, and the truth is sometimes that joy is not coming out because we're not being obedient. But right now, we're going to focus on the Lord because the Bible says if we put our focus on the Lord, he'll keep us in perfect peace. So I want you for the next five minutes to focus on Jesus. Take all your problems, all your situations, all your circumstances, whatever it is, I want you to take it to the foot of the cross. And I want you to say, Lord, you're Lord over every situation. And no matter how I feel right now, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice. Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord. Today, if you're a mom here today, we want to pray a blessing over you. Come on, I, I want you just to get out of your seat and stand right over here. We want to pray a blessing over you. If you're a mom today, we want to pray a special blessing for you as you leave today. We want to pray that no matter what goes on in your life, you will always remember there is a seed of joy that is inside of you that the enemy cannot steal from you. And when the time gets tough, and every one of us, every mom in this room faces difficult situations, amen? When it gets tough, I want you to just begin to praise the Lord, amen? Just begin to praise God and say, yes, I'm not going to allow the enemy to take away my joy, amen? Come on, raise your hands with me all over this place, moms. Raise your hands with us. Lord, I just pray right now for these moms, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit, the power of God, Lord, bring joy into their life, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that the truth is they don't, you don't have to bring it, Lord. It's already there. It's in their DNA, as Pastor Leslie said, Lord. We pray today that you would fill them, Lord, with overflowing joy in the Lord, God. I want you to say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you that you've already given me the seed of joy. Thank you that you've changed me. That no matter what happens in my life, one day at a time, I'll trust you. And when sadness tries to overtake me, I'll put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for my life, and it's big in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. On your way out, Mom, let, on your way out, Mom, just know this one thing. We love you. Give a mom a big hug. Have a great day. Don't forget, God has a plan for your life, and it's big. God bless you. Have a great day.